So uh, we have these developments that have uh, been underway and uh, and the expectation has been pretty much that the impeachment of Robert Mugabe is so imminent that um, the business could be concluded by the end of the week. In fact, that was also flouted uh, last week, but it doesn't really seem like it's that simple a process, isn't it? Um, the 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 process itself on paper looks simple, in the sense that once uh, charges have been preferred, you are able to proceed. Uh, if you have the numbers in the joint sitting, <clears throat> once the numbers in the joint sitting and the debate happens, you constitute the nine-member uh, committee that represent all the political parties that are in the house. The sticky bit is that nobody seems to be taking account of the fact that. When a person is accused of fundamental breaches of the Constitution, or any decision is going to be made that's going to affect their rights or legitimate interests, they are entitled in terms of the very same Constitution to a right to be heard, what we call at law or the alterum patem, and the rules of natural justice demand it. Now, you cannot uh, give them uh, uh, half a day notice. You'd need to give them sufficient period for them to be able to prepare their response. Now, if the assumption, if the reading, which is what I'm getting from a lot of the lawyers, is that there's no need to hear the person, that parliament will determine that the breaches have occurred, uh, you have another problem. A lot of the people who are going to debate this matter in parliament were already engaged in the march on Saturday. Some of them were engaged in the central committee that were saying he must be fired. So they have already prejudged uh, the issue. So they do not come as neutral arbiters, which is the more reason why, uh, whilst they have shown a prior predisposition to have him fired, what they need to do is to um, ensure that he's given his right to be heard. And I assume whether it's seven days, 14 days, or 21 days, this is the little catch. Is that why tactically President Mugabe had called for a cabinet meeting uh, today, was he somehow hoping to sway those who are calling for his impeachment? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I cannot uh, uh, enter into his head, but I think that in his thinking, he may wish to move towards dissolution of his government, cabinet, hmm. which will create a, a, a tactical and practical problem. If he dissolves government, that means there's no executive authority except himself to make decisions that need to be made by an executive. Equally so, and that's why there's that little catch about if he is removed, the person who was the last acting uh, vice president becomes de facto, becomes de jure president. You have a de facto situation where ZANU has fired that person, Hmm. right? Uh, But the firing by ZANU doesn't take away the following, that the appointment of the president and vice president is not entirely linked in the 2013 constitution to the party. Whilst you can recall members of parliament, it is not entirely clear that you can actually recall the vice president. The vice president is removed from office when they resign, when they die or are incapacitated or otherwise are fired by their boss. So let's zone in on that issue of incapacitation. Um, I think when we spoke several days ago, uh, there was some sort of... um, thinking around the fact that that's the clause that they may use to recall President Mugabe, Section 97, Subsection uh, D. But then you're also mentioning now that they could um, 
look at his breach of uh, as a constitutional clauses. So which would be more expedient just in terms of swiftly bringing to a close this? And and how does the delay impact on ZANU-PF's elective Congress? Well, you know, what is it's extraordinary. All this came to a head because there was a factional fight within ZANU-PF between the G40 and so-called Lacoste. That, that's why we ended up in this. The suffering of Zimbabweans has been going on way before this, right? So we're trying to resolve four things at the same time. A national crisis of governance and an economic crisis that's been going on for a long time. And that predates the Lacoste G40 factional fights, right? Then you have a very pertinent issue, which is the internal Zanupia feud between Lacoste and G40. Uh, and that was brought to a head with Grace Mugabe's uh, public uh, spate with Emerson Nangakwa and uh, Emerson's depo- uh, firing and uh, then he's uh, leaving the country. Then you have a third element, which is the parliamentary consensus around the need to ensure that you impeach Mugabe for various reasons. Now, if you talk about incapacity, certain things have been done this week that seem curious. The defense forces have gone out of their way in trying to sanitize the military takeover, the military, uh, to demonstrate that Mugabe was in charge. Now, herein lies the problem. If you go out of your way to demonstrate that he has competence, he has capacity, even in a crisis, you still, as the defense chiefs, go to meet him. He still is in charge of certain things. You may have a difficulty demonstrating incapacity, right? Because Mm -hmm. incapacity speaks to mental or physical incapacity. And you have, in this last week, alone before you go before that, right, you've had him, the army, you've had Zanupiev go out of their way to demonstrate that he's physically capable. In fact, one of the things that will be hung around their neck, should this go to a court of law, is that when they jubilantly declared that he was their sole candidate for 2018, they actually indicated that they thought he was strong, he had the capacity to do it. The, the fact that they have since changed their song becomes uh, difficult because of the context of the factionalization of their party. To objectively and sustainably prove incapacity becomes. I think that they had more valid grounds, but those grounds would not just touch Mugabe, which is disregard of certain provisions of the Constitution, right? whether it's appointments that were deemed contrary to the mandate he had within the Constitution. Because If you look at those provisions, he has extended contracts of certain critical entities and actors within the state beyond the constitutional term limit. So for me, I think that the constitutionalization of the dispute is not going to solve its political nature. Okay. I I need to ask this question. Uh, ZANU-PF seems to be uh, projecting the sense that this is a go-it-alone exercise almost, uh, including, or should I say, in concert with the military, saying that they don't need the opposition for this. But if it's going to be a parliamentary process, for A, it to meet a quorum, surely you would need opposition backbenchers to support the motion. Uh, but also looking at um, how fractured the opposition is in, 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 in Zimbabwe, there's no doubt that they would obviously support the removal of President Robert Mugabe. But just in terms of some sort of a, a unity or, or being in tandem with what exactly is the next step for uh, uh, Zimbabwe, whether through democratic process or litigiously? 
I think I, I think that Mugabe going is not half the is not the most difficult task at hand. The most difficult task at hand is going beyond the experience of the government, GNU, the inclusive government, where all that ZANU was willing to do was to give a few government posts to the opposition and continued to control all levers of power, such that the opposition in government was running around like a headless chicken while ZANU continued to control the economy, mining, and other critical sectors. So the first order of business, if there's going to be any negotiation of any accommodation at all, would be to negotiate real levers of power so that MDC is not used twice. They were used during the inclusive government and came out worse off as a party. If they allow themselves to be used again, given the fact that their leader's health uh, is not at its best, that they may have a succession issue internally themselves, is that the best guarantor right now is a broader alliance between pro-democracy forces, the opposition, and those progressive elements within uh, ZANU-PF that want to see, number one, comprehensive state reforms, number two, something that guarantees an end to impunity and accountability for the use uh, of state resources, including natural resource rents. Number three, guaranteeing free and fair elections, but you need the framework. I'm surprised that they can take the opposition participates and they can take less than three days or four days to impeach Mugabe and they could not take even seven months to agree on comprehensive on electoral reforms and alignment of the law to the constitution. Something is amiss here. So, so what do you think that is? Zanapiev realizes that if they go past this hurdle, which is an internal feud, uh, family feud that's gone nasty over inheritance, right? They still have the mandate of having been elected. And they have that mandate until June next year, right? If they uh, are legitimated by removal of Mugabe, installation of a new Mugabe uh, in, the, in, in the form of Amazon, they can consolidate power quickly. If they consolidate power quickly, I'm not sure that the opposition is going to recover. To the mind of the ordinary Zimbabwean, the old image of ZANU-PF being made up of people who were failures, who were brutes, who have done this, is not the image you are hearing on the streets. You saw Zimbabweans carrying photos or, or posters of, of Chuenga and Mnangagwa calling them our liberators. So MDC has a much higher appeal task in trying to redeem the change brand from Chuenga and Mnangagwa. And in redeeming the change brand, MDC has to be force itself to go to a leadership renewal across the board. If they offer the same cast of people, uh, by cast I mean all the people that are supporting Tsangrai, and that's all they have to fight against this seemingly renewed ZANU-PF, then MDC would go for a drubbing if the election is next All right, year. we're going to have to leave it there. Sasha Pretty, thank you so much for speaking to us and sharing your insights with us. Uh, Brian Kagoro is political commentator and civil uh, society leader.